Well, my favorite part is like these the the like professionally handsome guys. Like I'll never be that, but I can shoot a jump shot. Yes, and bingo. When you're like professionally <laughs> handsome. When you're professionally handsome, or like I can execute a crossover. Like when you're a professionally handsome guy, and I see you in these All Star games, like John Ham. I'll never I'll never look like you, but I will I will fucking d you up, and you will look so stupid with my crossover. And I'm I'm a, like to Tad's point. I am below average as as a like as far as basketball players are concerned. I am in ter- I, I'm in terrible shape. I'm not a good basketball player, but I could beat John Ham. No, it's it's nasty out there. Like honestly, like when we left the house, um, the snow is about as high as it. So like at one point there was points where we were walking where there was like a down, there was like a little bit of a divot and it was literally as high as she is. And then at one point I had to cross the street because we she just like doesn't she doesn't get along with dogs like just can't it just it doesn't work. I'm gonna look for a trainer to see if maybe we can because I would like to take her to a dog park at one point but like it's just not happening right now. So anytime I see a dog we have to cross the street. So we like cross the street and I walk through the snow and she like tried to jump over it and legit like got stuck in the snow. <laughs> it was pretty, it's pretty fucking cute. It was pretty cute. Did you, did you buy or did you adopt? I adopted. So I, a couple months ago, I was like, yo, I have always wanted to adopt a senior dog specifically. So I went on anti-cruelty's website, found her. She had been there for like 65 days. She's nine years old. And I was like, F it, let's do it. She was at a foster, met them, met her. She's great. And now she's uh, now she just sleeps in my place. That's it. She just she just sleeps all day. She, I, I tell you what, like having to walk her, like getting a dog in the winter as like your first like, inter- I mean, granted, we had a dog growing up, but like it's been like six years since that. But like having to walk her a couple times a day through the winter as it's been thus far, I can't even imagine what it's like with a puppy. Like a puppy, you got to take it out like five, six times a day just so they're yep. not pissing in the fucking house. Like I'm taking her out three times a day. And sometimes it's just like, all right, 15 minutes. Like, let's just take a shit and go back home. Cause like, it's too fucking cold. Do a lap. I, I, this is the exact level of temperament and energy that I can handle in my current lifestyle. Cause anything more than this too fucking much. Couldn't do when it. I, when I was a dog walker uh, in Chicago, there was these like, it was always a pain in the ass. Cause like some people had like the booties for their dogs and, if you don't train them as puppies to be okay with them, they become really annoyed real fast with them. And like, that's a pain in the ass. And also so often it's so cold. The dogs are like, I'm not fucking walking. What the hell you think this shit is? And I'm like, yeah, but you got to shit. You're not going to shit in the house. I'm not getting in trouble for your poops. Let's go. And I had these two, uh, uh, miniature Yorkies that I used to walk. Their names were Achilles and Athena. It was a real, it was not what I expected because I, when I first, I was like, all right, Achilles and Athena, let's get these bad boys. They're going to be some big ones. And I was like, oh shit, they're the size of a coffee mug. <laughs> and taking those things out in the winter, they don't walk. I put the leashes, I don't even put the leashes. Well, no, I put the leashes on them because I was like, I'm not going to run after these guys slip and bust my ass. So I would just put the leashes on them, walk outside like two little footballs, go over pop them into like a little tiny spot they'd be like this is this is it i'm done damn let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> right back inside bro that's oh, what like man. one of my colleagues was because like that's the one good thing about having a big dog is like they don't she doesn't give a shit she's like all right let's go let's have some fun one of my colleagues is like so my dog's like 70 pounds she was like yeah my dog is about seven uh and like he's a little he's a little prima donna and he won't take any any steps in the snow unless like booties are on Jackets on, hoodies on, everything. I can't even imagine what a seven-pound dog looks like. That's insane. It's like my fucking cell phone. 
That's like the size of uh, my parents' dogs. It's got to be like seven pounds. I don't think she's much bigger. Um, I simultaneously hate and love that dog. So. They're I like, feel like that's what most people say about most right, small, dogs. small shit dogs. They got a dog when I was a freshman in college. And despite the fact that I was the one who was home the least frequently, um, that dog really, really loved me. And then that dog died and I didn't have any time really to grieve and they got a new one. And uh, so then I come home and like they have this little yappy seven pound dog and I... Uh, when she like yaps at me, like I'll look at her and be like, I could put you across the backyard. I could, I will, I will. <laughs> um, but then at the same time, sometimes I just like to cuddle with her and like have her sit on my lap and pet her while I watch TV at my parents' house. So, you know, I mean, it just depends on the day. Pros and cons. Yeah. Pros and cons. I understand this. I have the, the best, like, uh, I want to cuddle that dog moment I ever had. And it was also it was very awkward, but it ended up being very funny. For my dog walking job, one day someone forgot to tell me that they were that like if they didn't need me, they'd be home that day. I open up, the dog is there, and usually the dog's in a cage. And I was like, oh, someone got out their cage. And I just literally threw my body, slid across this very rich person's floor and grabbed the dog and started playing with them. And then all of a sudden I just see footsteps and I jump up. I was like, yo, who the fuck's there? And then it was the people who lived there. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> I did not know that they were going to be home that day. And Dude. they were like, what? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I they they were just pretty much like, do you baseball slide head first every time you see our dog? I was like, yeah, I let him out the cage. And I dive to the floor. And they were just like, all right. You could you could walk over. Sorry, thank you so much. And I was like, okay, cool. Please let me know next time when you're gonna be home. Also, <laughs> so like I don't shit myself. Yeah, and they should be like grateful to you that you were like so willing to like defend their home. Well, I mean, I think you're defending yourself. But, was, like you could pretend you're honest, defending their I was home. defending the dog. Didn't give a shit about any of their possessions, the people themselves. I would if there was a real person there. I'm like. Give me a second and just walk outside with the dog. That was that's what really would have happened. <laughs> like, give me a second, just go outside with the dog. I'm not gonna give you I any trouble. Here. I was never here. I'll be back in ten minutes. This dog gets a ten minute walk. Let's go. Hop two. Just walk away. Uh, and with that, welcome to another episode of NBA, the podcast where we try try to talk about NBA shit, but mostly. We just talk about shit, like dog shit, and picking it up, and walking in the snow, in a winter wonderland. I'm your host, Nikki Quiles. I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't actually have an AKA, because it's very early for me. It's a Sunday morning. What? Um, listeners, you can't tell because you can't see my face, but they can. I was up late last night, so <laughs> I got that I got that next, I got that walk of shame hair going. I kind of like it. I'm into I mean, it. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes when I wake up, I like to really mess up my hair and just be like, "Yeah, I'm a bad bitch." That's you great. could take some. You could take some weight off that, and you could, you could, you could rock that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just walk in. I do want the sides to be a lot less because the amount of times that I look like fucking Albert Einstein. Ugh. Anyways, that voice was the voice of my co-host Jay. Uh, this is your co-host Jay Kiles, aka Joe Abel Blow 
Ingles. Oh, sorry, Grandma. How you messed that up? <laughs> Uh, not proud of you it. Got a not good AKA and a just a I just fumbled it. Just you want to take it again? Terrible can, I delivery. It, can I do it again? Can I do it again? Just go ahead and Jaquilas, AKA Joe Ablo Ingles. <laughs> Gosh, great job, man. Jay. And that other voice we heard was our brethren with less melanin, a man who has something in common from Slipknot because they're both from Iowa. Reason <laughs> learned that today, so got that going for him. Hey, what's up? It's Tad. I don't have an AKA, but I'll admit embarrassingly that I used to listen to Slipknot for about a I, year. I love Slipknot. Or so uh, when I was about 15. I love I, Slipknot. I definitely know like two of their songs, but I bet I know more. It's like one oh, of those. Oh, you do. You do. Yeah. You definitely do. I just. I love Slipknot. What do you, lo- what do you like about them? What in know. particular like- is it that like. Their masks. No, it's not the mask. Like, it's not that, that, like, if anything, that's Nightmare Fuel. I'm not a big fan well, of that. Well, also but. for you, you're one of those dudes where, like, let's listen to heavy metal while I well, live. Well, you have to remember, too, like, that, I, was in high, that was high school, Jay. High school and high heavy school and college, lifting. Jay, was, like, just lifting weights like crazy. Like, the, the, the body that you see before you now is more svelte, obviously, uh, clearly. But, uh, yeah, back then I was just lifting heavy shit, and that, that, that was just what was in the gym, and I fucking love it. <laughs> Just yeah. very heavy metal music. I'm not like a – even even in high school, I was never like a big like hard rock, like, you know, like metal kind of like – I like to I like to listen to rap when I lift weights. Like yeah. I, I like to I like to listen to uh, – are you guys familiar with the band Brand New? Brand like, New? Yeah, no. and it's it's uh yeah, anyway. It sounds familiar. I feel like you might have talked about them before. They they had an album in 2004 called Deja Intendu that like sometimes when it pops on my shuffle on my phone, I'm just like, "Oh, yes, inject this nostalgia directly into my veins." <laughs> um, I listen to them like when I lift weights, like I don't know. Like I don't I'm just not a big I don't need somebody screaming in my ear like while nope. I'm while I'm, you know, trying to get shredded. I just Cuz like meanwhile, my like pump up music is like let it go and making my way downtown as I jog. Making my way downtown, walking fast. But again, you're doing jogging shit. You're not doing lifting shit, dude. It's a different no. mentality. You know what I mean? You got to get a good headspace when you're if learning. I'm being honest, when I'm lifting, I'm usually like listening to podcasts, which is not yeah. great because then I start laughing mid lift. Well, you also you have the body of a Kenyan. That's what that's what the, that's what happens. That's why you have the the, the frame that you have. Very tiny man. I Nikki, I know what you mean. I almost died. <laughs> uh doing a uh back when i could go to my gym i was doing uh like incline bench press and i was listening to a podcast called circling back and they said something and i like lost it and i i i I had took every ounce of willpower i had to not crush my chest with the bar because like I was laughing so hard my arms were so weak I couldn't like I but I like managed to hold it and then get it up and put it away and then I was like okay I'm gonna go to music because I'm gonna die if I keep listening to this podcast here if I keep laughing (laughs) oh man oh my goodness speaking of laughter uh apparently the NBA is discussing of having an actual all-star game this year they did say no matter what, uh, whoever is voted as an all-star will be considered an all-star, even if they don't play. Congratulations, Zach Levine. I'm so sorry, Bradley Beal. Uh, but there's an actual chance that they're going to play an all-star game. 
what are our thoughts, gentlemen? I would love to see it. I don't. I didn't see anything about having fans. I don't think they will. But um, how do we feel about this even being a possibility? Oh, so, you're just gonna take this one. You don't let Nikki decide who gets. To, no, that's fine. Go first. Sure, go first. Yeah, no, I have a lot to say. Um, so there, there will be fans. Um, Atlanta's already starting to have fans at their games thus far. So there will be fans. Yeah, there's um, a couple. The Jazz have. Yeah, I know. Like Houston, which <clears throat> I'll be there in a couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, I would say so. Here, there is a rule. I remember I went on a trip a couple years ago with my CEO and a couple other executives at my company. Um, and there is a rule at companies that multiple executives are not allowed to be on the same flight at the same time because, you know, God forbid the plane goes down. It's really pretty morbid. But like if the entire executive team goes down together, then like who takes over the ship uh, when when the plane goes down? Yes. That same concept should be applied to this all-star game. How asinine of an idea is it to take all of the best players in the league and have them travel to one place, potentially putting them at risk? Of not, I'm not talking about death, but like catching COVID and then having all of the all stars being out for two weeks. The product that is the NBA will tank. If you guys remember the listeners, the Miami Heat versus Sixers game a couple weeks ago, where two of the players on the Heat had never played more than 20 minutes in their entire career and had played 20 minutes in that game, you're going to have that for two weeks. For two weeks, potentially, if even one guy gets COVID because of the tracing. So if one guy gets COVID, only one, all fucking 24 of the players that are at that game will be out for two weeks minimum. Do we really want that? Is it really worth it to lose out on potentially a month of good basketball because of one all-star game? I say no. Ted, what do you say? This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry. This is so fucking dumb. I don't even watch the fucking All-Star game because it's fucking boring. It sucks. It's like guys just throwing lobs and shooting 40-footers and shit. Like, yes, I know you can do these things. I don't give a fuck. Holy shit. What a stupid idea. Like, also, fuck you, Adam Silver, for sitting here making me eat my own words when I was like, oh, I think the NBA is doing a good job. Like, And then like to, to go ahead and start doing the things where like you've got security separating guys at half court after they just played against each other, which like that's a whole nother thing. Like how fucking stupid is it? You just spent 60 minutes on the court against one another, like trading spit and sweat and everything else and like now you can't fucking shake hands at half court after half court after the game. Like fuck off. Like this is so fucking dumb. Like I'm actually, when I saw this, I got like legitimately angry about this. Like this is, this is so, so stupid. There's no fucking point. No one gives a fuck about the all-star game. And guess what? It's not like you can really fucking do anything anyway. It's not like there's going to be like tons of fans and tons of stuff going on at this event. Like, dude, just don't fucking do it. My God. Yeah, and also I would point out what they should do, they should have the only All-Star game that is actually competitive, the Celebrity All-Star game. Celebrities are dying to be seen again. Like, they are all so bored sitting around their houses making stupid-ass videos, like singing about togetherness or whatever. And I think it would be a pretty great idea to just be like, all right, let's get, I don't know, what, 24? I'd probably just 20, just 10 on each team is probably good enough. Celebrities, and we're good to go. They would all love it. They're all clamoring. Yeah. Yeah, They'd all, dude. And you know, the game would be actually competitive because it has been the last couple seasons. Mm, Um, Last year. The last, like the last five All Star games prior to last season were all shit. Last year was fun because they did the Kobe thing where it was like 
no, first no, no, one no, to no, 24 no, no, or whatever. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the celebrity all-star games. The mm. celebrity all-star games have been close the last couple of years. Uh, Trust me. If there's a uh, game, if there is a game I'm watching, it's hat. Because yeah. <laughs> it is very funny. <laughs> it is actually really it, it is actually incredible to watch and see how uh just like unathletic or like how little oh, basketball ability some of those people have. Like yeah. watching some of those things, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, like I'm an extremely average basketball player <laughs> and like I could I could fucking torch some of these people. Well, my favorite part is like these the the like professionally handsome guys, like I'll never be that. But I can shoot a jump shot. Yes. And bingo. when you're like professionally <laughs> handsome, when you're professionally handsome or like I can execute a crossover, like when you're a professionally handsome guy and I see you in these all-star games, like John Hamm, I'll never, I'll never look like you, but I will, I will fucking D you up and you will look so stupid with my crossover. And I'm, I'm a, like to Tad's point, I am below average as, as a, like, as far as basketball players are concerned, I am in terrible, I'm in terrible shape. I'm not a good basketball player, but I could beat John Ham, and I could beat John Ham. And that, <laughs> hey, look, that's man, what I look for. I played basketball with you plenty of times. You're a pretty good playmaker, you know. I'm, you I'm just, you listen, cannot, I'm, you I'm, cannot I'm the shoot. Rajon Rondo. No, I can't shoot for you. You cannot you. shoot. Terrible, terrible yeah. shooter. Oh, the worst. But he can play defense. He can pass very well, unless people aren't paying attention because Jay throws lasers. Oh. And people don't pay attention, and all of a sudden they get hit in the face, and the ball goes out mm. of bounds. Everything oh, that comes out of my hand is fire. Be ready. I break fingers. Oh, I jam a lot of fingers. I appreciate yeah. it. You're a playmaker. I like to consider myself a scorer because I'm not a playmaker, and I'm not really a scorer either. But uh, I'm gonna just consider myself that for the sake of my own ego. And so you are a good at setting me up uh, to uh, to score. So, you know, I appreciate that. I'll, I cannot fucking wait. First two things I'm doing, man, post-pandemic. I'm pretty sure I've already said it on this podcast, but I'm going to karaoke and I'm playing pickup basketball. Those are the two things. Those both I sound I, great. I drove, past, I drove past Louis the other night and I was just like, dude, you know what? Oh, when, man. When the weather gets good, I'm just going to fucking, I'm going to get a speaker and a microphone and I'm just going to stand outside of Louis. Let's try to raise some money for Louis so we can keep this fucking bar open. It hasn't been open for over a year. I honestly might just do the karaoke circuit i just i'll go i'll hit up louis and then i'll go to trader todd's and then i'll Do go it. to uh what's the one in lincoln park why can't i think of the name i love that place <sighs> oh my know. god this is gonna bother me i only ever go to louis oh uh, I'm, I'm more of a i go to this place more it's not is it lincoln? i go to this place more frequently than i would i go to anywhere else and i can't think of the name and i don't this is really this is really gonna bother me well, I'll, I'll tell you of another one. So I went to there. Uh, a colleague of ours uh, took me to a Korean karaoke bar um, in the South Loop. It's like super underground and you have to like know where it is. And like, it's a whole shtick. I hope that that place never shuts down. It was the mo- it was the most fun I've ever had. The fried chicken was bomb. And uh, yeah, we had a great time singing some karaoke. It's it's very like it's very Korean. Big fan. Big fan. Were you <laughs> singing like K-pop? Uh, she was. I was not. I don't know any K-pop songs, so I I stuck with the classics. Fucking failure. Don't want to miss a thing. Little Aerosmith. Fucking get out of here. Nice. I, I, man, I really got to figure out what what this this place is. Uh, I'm gonna just mute myself for a second. I'm gonna yell out <laughs> right. find out. Hold on. <laughs> well, love it. While Tad tries to figure that out, we're going to go on to the next subject. <laughs> He's actively <laughs> trying to figure this out right now. I really hope he figures it out. Very funny. I want this for him. It's arrogance. So 
It's Harrigan's. Harrigan's. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. I go. I go. I rip the door open. I go. Hey. <laughs> What's the karaoke place we go to in Lincoln Park? And Lauren just stares at me and she goes, Harrigan's. And I was like, Okay, thank you. And just close the door. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh god! What a relationship! Uh, wonderful. Wow. Kind of love it. Congratulations on that. I don't know how I'm going to transition to the next subject. You can do it. I believe in you. Oh, can I? I don't know. Uh, sure. Anniversaries happen. Sometimes they're not the best, but we look at great things uh, about what we loved about that person. Sadly, the year anniversary of Kobe's passing has happened within this last week. Uh, but instead of trying to be sad, we're going to be happy and talk about moments that we love. I'm going to go first, if that's all right with everybody. Jay's already heard my moment. But, Tad, I'd like you to know, and everyone listening, I'd like to let you know, my favorite Kobe moment of all time is during a NBA Christmas Day game against the Chicago Bulls when there was a chance for the Lakers to beat the Bulls in the final seconds. And Kobe said, guys, I'm going to shoot it. And the Bulls said, we're assuming you're going to shoot it. So four (laughs) Bulls players decided to guard Kobe. And Kobe said, I'm still going to shoot it. He didn't make it, but it was the most Kobe moment I've ever seen in my life. And I loved it because the Bulls won. But also, like, if he would have hit that shot, oof, that would be fucking insane. I have to say something. As a person who grew up in Chicago, I hate the way you pronounce Chicago. Just going to put it out there. What did I do? I don't know. I just don't like the way you pronounce it. You say Chicago weird. What did I say? Chicago. I don't know. There was just the like the way fuck? you said it. I don't know. Maybe it was what? just that one off the one off yeah. Chicago. It just it it it's I, I don't know. It stung my ears. <laughs> that was But yes, I'll never forget that game. Okay. And just because of that weirdness, you're not going next. Tad. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd like to hear your thoughts. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Jay, if you could mute your mic. I wish I was it. what is that uh Jim Rome show that he used to do when he would mute people? Mute your ass, Tad. Let's hit. Let Tad. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Uh, my answer is, I've got a few. Um, I, I think my favorite one is when he hit that fadeaway twenty-one footer over Grant Hill and Channing Fry to beat the Suns when Alvin Gentry was coaching them, and Alvin Gentry was like, "I like the way that we played defense on him." Uh, you know, I I thought we forced him into a tough shot, and uh. The Kobe goes, yeah, that shot was not as tough as it looked. <laughs> oh, uh, Kobe. That's a good one. I, I think um, the when he scored 62 points in three quarters against the Mavericks and, the, and uh, the, the Mavericks as a team had scored 61 by the end of the third. Um, I think that's a, like, I, I just, I, I don't know that, that I always think about that. That's like one of the most impressive games I've ever seen. Um, and then lastly, I think like, the championship in 2010, um, not the one in 2009, not when they beat Orlando, but when he got, <laughs> when he got his revenge on uh, Paul Pierce, KG, and Ray Allen in in 2010. Which oddly enough, I believe in Game Seven, like he did not he 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 rebounded well, played terrific defense, like got his teammates involved, but did not yeah. score very well. No, he was really bad. Uh, was he eight for twenty four from the field, or was it eleven it was, for twenty four? It was bad. The Celtics talk about it all the time, like some of the Celtics guys, where they were like, "We basically just knew that he was going to shoot them out of the game," and then he just adjusted. Like, and then he was just like, "All right, well then." I think Phil Jackson wrote about it in his book too, where he was just like, "We just told him like, hey, you're not impacting the game on that side, but you can impact the game by rebounding and like being a playmaker, and we can actually win this thing." Does it count? Um, does it count as a Kobe moment if 
when Ron Artest hit that three to basically seal the deal, he was like, Kobe passed me the ball. Kobe never passes me the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's your short one. <laughs> hey, say Queensbridge. <laughs> oh, I love it. That was my favorite interview ever. Thanks to my therapist, Queensbridge. Queensbridge. Uh, good Lord. I My Kobe moments are less – are non-basketball related. Um so I have two in particular. One is like doing basketball ones. That's what I thought. So I'm I I un- misunderstood the assignment. So please like proceed. Kobe, I'm curious Kobe, to hear what you say here. Kobe memories. So the, I have one that's like not necessarily like uh, it's not organic, but it was it's just always been funny to me. Is the Jalen Rose commercial where he sees Kobe and he's like off martini uh, with an olive with, with olives. He's like, oh, how many olives would you, would you like? He says eighty one. I mean, like that is just it's just great because he looks right at Jalen Rose. It's fucking hilarious. Um, but one that actually happened in real time that just like to this day, like I watched a clip and it just makes me laugh was when Kobe was on the Jimmy Kimmel show and they showed, this was the season when he was injured and they showed like a post game interview with like Jeremy Lin and Nick Young and like all the other knuckleheads are on the team at that point in time. And they're all like celebrating after a win and like just being goofy as hell. And Kobe just has this stoic look on his face (laughs) of just anger and frustration. And Jimmy is just like just getting into him because he realizes how frustrated Kobe is by seeing his very, very mediocre teammates just like celebrating a win. And he's just like, hmm, super funny, Jimmy. Very, very funny. It's just, I'll never forget that because it was just like the epitome of Kobe as a teammate. I just, I died. I just, every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Uh, I also, oh, real quick. No, go ahead. He had said commercial. The the one where Kobe is giving like a in a sense a TED talk about how to be great and he him and with him and Kanye yeah the Kobe system like, yeah he's like I've done it all do more <laughs> how's that because Kanye guys like how's that possible <laughs> oh, oh so good go uh, for it, Ted he um. A little, a very well, un, uh, like not not well known fact about Kobe is that back in the late '90s, early 2000s, he was like in, on the bus and he was like talking with some of the veteran players or something. Um, I remember reading this in like a, a Trey Kirby uh, article back on 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 Yahoo Sports like years and years ago. But uh, apparently, Kobe told these vets, "I want to be the Will Smith of the NBA," <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh Lord, good God! I, you know what? Like, I, I just I will wanna, say I this. Just say this and rap better. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> factual statement. Uh, I just, you know what? I just want to say something. Um, I've seen like people like online give get, like like make jokes about like people that get upset about Kobe's death and like the way that people deal with that. And I just want to say, uh, I like teared up a little bit on Jan uh, on on. Um, the 26th, right? The 26th, that is the date. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just kind of like, I, I, it just like was like, it was just sort of shocking to me that it had been a year. And I just want to say like, it's okay. It's okay if you're like affected by these things. Like, yes, most of you that listen to this did not know Kobe. Do not, you know, like that, that like you didn't have any sort of personal relationship with him, but like to some degree you did because you watched him on TV and like you kind of got to see a lot of these very like intimate moments of like with him. Um, 
And so like, it, it's okay. Like it's okay to actually be sad about this. And if like people make fun of you for that or give you shit about that, you can tell them to fuck off because like, yeah, yeah I mean, he was an icon and uh, it's sad and it sucks. And uh, it makes me sad when I think about it. So yeah. Yeah. Point. I, I would like to do a quite quick sidebar. I look up for game seven. He was six of 24. Yes. I, I looked Very that up close. myself. I was hoping he was eight of 24 just because that would have been close. I also got to point out 15 rebounds, a steal and two assists. Two yeah. man. I thought he made more. I thought he had more Dude, than two assists. I knew I he had a ton of rebounds. Two assists, man. Hey, I <laughs> so wait, one, one to one to run our test. And who was the other one too? Probably Powell. Right, yeah, I was literally just gonna say it's got to be Powell. That right? had to be my guess. Yeah, I'd say so. It was. It was. I would love it because I was. I don't Devin actually. Devin George. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it would be to Sasha Vujicic because he only scored one point or two points in the game. He made Ooh, one shot. It'd good. be great. It'd be great <laughs> if it was guess. just Kobe gave it to him. It's a good guess. Dude, who who, who else is on that team? Jordan Farmar. Yeah. The, that Lakers team is Adam, Adam Morrison. Dude, wait, okay, hold on. I'm sorry, we're derailing here, but have That's you real. seen that that clip of when they're like, I think they're on Jimmy Kimmel. Also on Jimmy actually, Kimmel, yeah. yeah, and Adam Morrison is fucking stoned to the bejesus. Like he literally can't open his eyes, and they're all making fun of him, and he's just like laughing hysterically. Like you can tell he is so high. And then Jimmy Kimmel literally just says, "Yeah," because they're like, because like Kobe's like, "Say something, say something." He's like, he doesn't talk too much. You got to force him to talk, and he's like, he's not talking because he's high as shit. He's literally sitting there like this. It's like he's blazed out of his mind, and he just starts laughing. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, uh, it's Lord. yeah, uh, so great. It's such fine. a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, uh, <laughs> anybody else have a great uh, Kobe moment that they'd like to talk about? Nah, rest in peace, Kobe. No? Yes, yeah, R.I.P. Kobe for sure. Um, gentlemen, this brings us to my new, uh, my new little. Little, like why can't I think of what it's called all of a sudden? Jay, you know Sorry. what I'm trying to say. Thank Sorry. you. Sorry. Thank you. Again, it's early, and I did not sleep very much. Uh, thank you. This next segment's called Nikki Needs to Know. Because, <laughs> as we all know, I'm the one who knows the least about basketball. And I need to I, – I understand that I have to become better, and I need to learn. So I'm going to ask you two some questions about basketball. And we're going to talk about it a little bit. Question number one. Is Lonzo Ball good? Is Lonzo Ball a good – and I know he's clearly a good basketball player. I'm not going to act like he's not good. What I'm saying is, is the second overall pick going to be a player who will actually help and contribute on a winning basketball team? Or is he going to be – just a guy for the rest of his career. Dad, he's going to be just a guy for the rest of his career. I mean, that's just, that's a factual statement. Uh, I know Jay's going to come at me here and I know he's going to disagree. And I already texted Jay before this episode. And I said, I apologize for anything that I yell at you or the names that I call you during this, this segment. So, uh, you know, Jay, Jay's aware. Look, man, the guy is a career sub, sub 40% shooter. He's shooting exactly 40% this season. He's horribly inefficient. He cannot score. He can't like he he averages 13 points a game 
but like Adam Morrison averaged like 14 points a game on like 38% shooting. And that's basically what you're getting from Lonzo ball. He turns, he, he has an assist to turnover ratio of two, two to one. He, he, he averages two turnovers a game while average. I'm sorry. He averages two and a half turnovers a game and averages five assists. Like dude, he's, he's a fucking starting your starting point guard has a two to one assist to turnover ratio. That is horrific. It's horrific. He can't shoot. He can't score. Like he is, he's literally a below average player. The only reason he sees so much time on the floor is because he was a number two overall pick and teams are just not ready to give up on him yet. But holy fuck, he's not good. He is a plus defender. I know that's the argument Jay's going to come out here with. And Jay's somehow going to say he's a playmaker. Yeah, I don't know a single playmaker in the NBA that averages that has a two to one assist to turnover ratio. Like I just simply don't. Like that that is um, that's preposterous. Um, you channeling my inner Stephen A. Smith there. So uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> then I'm going to reel it in real fast. Uh, I, don't, I don't want anybody to compare me in any capacity to Stephen A. Smith. Uh, no. I just, man, he's just not good. Like, he's just not. And here's the thing. I want to be very clear. I want him to be good. I like him. I do. But he's he's not. He, I mean, he might, he would, he might be a fine off the bench player, but the role that people are looking him to, to like for him to, to fill, he can't do it. He can't do it. And there are, there are a lot of not good point guards in the league. And he is certainly one of them. Um, there are, I, I, I'll tell you right now, Cole Anthony's starting for the Magic because Markel Fultz is hurt. I will rather have Cole Anthony than I would rather have than I would than I'd have Lonzo Ball. Like I I just do I, I, I don't I don't know where he fits or what like he just he is not a good player. Like I'm sorry. Like that that's it. Like he's inefficient. He's turnover prone. He's a good defender, so I'll give you that on the pros list, but like I don't like. Here's the thing. Maybe he needs a new scene because he's literally playing with the same team that he has his entire career. They just moved locations. Um, yeah. So maybe he needs true. to change the scenery. I don't know. But right now, the eye test tells me this. Your boy stinks. Well, before we go over to Jay Ted, I got one more question for you. You said that you already said maybe he needs a new scenery. There are obviously a lot of people saying that he's on the trading block, as well as your boy JJ. Uh, I have two questions for you. Do you think, like, well, one, where do you think they'll end up if they, in fact, got traded? Or in JJ's case, where would you like him to go? And for the second question I have is, legit, like, will moving them, these two players, help New Orleans? Or is New Orleans maybe just a little bit of a lost cause with their current lineup? I mean, I think New Orleans is a little bit of a lost cause with their current lineup. It might help them if they move somebody. The thing is, like I, like I said, I've said it on this podcast a number of times. Like the thing with with New Orleans is they're literally they're the Lakers team that couldn't win dick, right? Like they're a Lakers team that couldn't win shit even with LeBron. So like, yeah, that lo- that roster might be a problem. So making some moves and getting some some players, some different players, and some assets might be really really good and really beneficial for them. Where does Lonzo Ball go? I don't know. Minnesota, they like to take on terrible players. So I guess maybe there. Um, Ricky Rubio can teach him how to be Ricky Rubio, but slightly taller. You're not wrong. Um, The thing is, man, like, I don't know. I don't know where he fits in. Toronto could use some help, I guess. He could go there. 
Um, although I don't know if what he brings to the table is what I would consider help. So, um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I truly don't know. I truly don't know what where where he goes. All I know is keep him the fuck away out of Orlando. Like, I don't want him in Orlando. Like, so you know where he could go? He could come to Chicago and he could play for the Bulls because I know that's Jay's like wet dream, and he's going to talk about it here in a minute. But, uh, like, yeah, no, no, thanks. Um, as far as JJ Reddick goes, look, where do I want him to go? I mean, bring him home to Orlando. But honestly, less than having him come home to Orlando, I want to. I want him to go to the Knicks, the Nets, or the Lakers. Him and his wife, Chelsea, have this beautiful home. It's a penthouse place in Dumbo in New York City. And so what I li- I'd like to see him play for the Knicks so he can be closer to his family. I'd like to see him play for the Nets so he can win a fucking title. And I'd like to see him win- play for the Lakers so he could potentially win a title. So honestly, I would rather see him in L.A. or Brooklyn than I would see him in Orlando, which pains me to say, but I just want my man to win a title. I want him to win a title, and if he wins a title, I'm getting a signed jersey of whatever team he wins a title for. That's all I want. That sounds great. So, Jay, please explain to me why uh, Lonzo Ball, in fact, will be a good player, as well as why a package of Steven Adams, J.J. Redick, and Lonzo Ball to the Bulls will bring us a championship instead (laughs) of the Orlando Magic. Okay. So let me hit on a couple things here. Um, I want to be very clear that I do not think that Lonzo is ever going to meet expectations of the number two overall pick. I I don't think that it'll never happen at this rate. We know what he is. It's his fourth season. Like we, he's a known commodity at this point. We know what we're getting from him. There are a few things in his game that stick out to me specifically this season that are major, major negatives. Number one, when you look at the advanced stats for Lonzo ball, his free throw rate is the lowest it's ever been. And if you look at his free throw shooting this year, it's the second highest percentage he shot in his entire career. Does anybody want to guess his uh, d- without checking, unless you know already what his current free throw percentage is? 63%. Mm. Ooh, I was going to say 65. It's 58. Ooh. It's 58. He shot 60, actually, I'm he sorry. 63% from free throw last season. I'm sorry. Actually, this is the, the highest free throw percentage he shot in his career. Uh, no, last year he shot 57%. Okay. All right. All right. So getting better, getting better. But from a point guard, a guy that is shooting 50% from the line, who is also not getting to the line for the, that exact reason, that's a, big, that's a big negative in today's game. right? You have to be able to get to the line. Those are easy points. And when you get there, you have to hit them. Big negative. Number two is if you look at the advanced stats, like he actually like his turnover rate this year is actually the lowest it's ever been. And his usage is the highest it's ever been. So it's actually a net positive for him. But his shooting is horrendous. Like, there's just no way around it. It's just his shooting is absolutely horrendous. And his, like, his impact on the offensive game is – go ahead. No, I, 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 I wanted to let you finish. That's why I was putting my hand up because obviously we're not directly in front of each other, so you can't tell. I just wanted sure. to make a quick comment. How much do you think J.J. Redick is kicking himself right now for in those preseason comments where he was like, I've been telling Lonzo, shoot the fucking ball, man. Like, you're a good shooter. Like, how much is J.J. Redick like, stop fucking shooting? Why did I say that? The the thing is, like, so he's shooting a lot. He's shooting a lot more this year um, while also hitting a lot less. Um, last year, he shot 37% from three. Like 38% actually. Now, the one thing is last year, and this is the one thing that I, the other thing that I want to bring up is like 
last year he had a slow start to the season, and the second half of the season he was really good. But then when they went to the bubble, he was really bad, like really, really. Bad. I think he shot like twenty two percent from three, which makes um, no sense. But yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, sure. I, dude, I keep interrupting you, man. I, you let me talk during mine. Go ahead. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, here's what I do want to say about Lonzo from a positive perspective. To Tad's point, I do believe that he is, a, is still a, a positive playmaker. Like I said, his, t- his turnover percentage this year is actually the lowest it's ever been, despite the fact that his usage is the highest it's ever been. So that is a net positive. He's still, in terms of defensive win share, it's the highest. Uh, actually, hold on. Let me just confirm that before I start speaking out of my ass. It's his second highest. Ooh, never mind. It's his lowest defensive win shares ever. <laughs> that team is also really bad, so I don't put that on him 100%. But he still is a positive on the defensive end. He still is somebody who can make plays. I'm shocked that his brother is already making an impact more so than he has at all in his career. I didn't see that coming. Um, you asked about, like... So the, the answer to the question is, is he good? He will never be as good as we expected him to be. But I still think he can be a net positive in the right situation. Now, you asked about JJ. So let me talk about JJ for a second. I I also would like to see him end up on a contender. And we'll talk about this team here shortly. I think his best bet is to go back to Philly. I think they could use his shooting around Embiid and Simmons. He could come off the bench for that team and make an impact. He's also having a really bad season. Like, for JJ, he's having a terrible shooting season. Um, thus far. So he hasn't, he hasn't been great. You can probably get him on 50, you know, at 50 cents on the dollar. Um, as far as now we talked, like Tad had kind of teased at this and Nikki, you did too. I think there's a really interesting trade with the bulls for Lonzo and Steven Adams. I don't think JJ comes over in that trade. I don't think that's realistic, but let me make my case for why I think this is a really good trade for the bulls. I think there's a potential trade out there where they send Otto Porter and Wendell Carter and probably a first round pick to uh, to New Orleans for Steven Adams and Lonzo and maybe like a second round pick. Um, or maybe we do it like a, a pick swap between the, the first round picks. Um, the reason that I think that's a good trade is twofold. Number one, the best season that Laurie Markkinen has ever had in his career is when he was playing next to Robin Lopez and Robin Lopez was basically doing all the grunt work on the block, um, clearing out people so that Laurie could get rebounds and, go down on the fast break and like really take the ball in transition. Steven Adams is basically Robin Lopez on steroids, like on all the steroids. Like he is, he is a massive man. You heard it here first. Steven Adams takes steroids. That's right. Make sure that I'll I'll make a snippet. This will be the one snippet we actually post on social this week. So I think Steven Adams net positive for the bulls and clearly is not working out in new Orleans right now. There's just too much. There's just too much congestion with him and Zion. Like they can't play together. Like Zion needs he needs to be able to go to the basket without anybody impeding his, you know, him, his, his path to said basket. And Steven Adams can't do anything else but be around the basket. However, on this team, I think it's actually a net positive. On the other side of that, the one thing that the Bulls lack right now is positive decision making and playmaking from the point guard spot or just like in general. Like Zach Levine is a fun player, but like not a good playmaker, not known for making smart plays with the ball, not known for setting guys up for shots. Um, neither is Kobe white. However, I think having a guy like Lonzo as the point guard on this team where there are actual shooters around him. Cause this current iteration of the Pelicans, like brand B I is like having a, he's having a good season, but like his shooting numbers are fine this year. Um, Zion's really not hitting and there's no other shooters around him. Like his other, his, his, his backcourt mate is Eric Bledsoe. He's a worse shooter than J- drew holiday was last year. Like, um, 
I think they need to let him go. I think him being in Chicago, being a defensive uh, minded player who can also play make on this team that actually has shooters around would be a positive for Lonzo. And I think that New Orleans has to let Nikhil Alexander Walker cook, man. I think it's time to unleash that kid. That's your starting point. I'm sorry, what was that? Like, you heard me. Nikhil Alexander Walker. Nikhil Alexander Walker. The gentleman I talked about, you both scoffed at that the gentleman. One. The kid can what? cook, man. I don't, I don't, cook. I don't recall you saying anything, Nikki. I'm sorry. I do. Oh, I remember because you both tried to make fun of me, but I don't you, think you Nikki needs it, to know jack shit. You put it on the rundown. I'm like, should I we I expect did. this forever? And I'm like, no, no, probably not. But he could cook. They kick a score. And cool. the thing is, like, they need to shake that thing up. They need to shake that team up a little bit. They need some shooters around Zion. Um, here's here's a hot like hot take slash like controversial question. If you go back to that draft, shouldn't John Morant have gone number one? Yeah, probably. You give me the you give me the choice of one guy over the other. I don't. John Morant impacts winning. Here's the thing: I don't like saying that right now. I'm 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 inclined to agree with you, but we're in year two, and I get it. uh, I I will say this: there's a the potential for Zion is through the fucking roof. And he's already a good scorer and there's already a lot of things he does, but like there's a lot of things he needs to work on. The guy is like a bull in a China shop. Sometimes he just puts his head down and attacks the tin and like, he doesn't, he doesn't find his teammates as frequently as he should. Um, I will admit, like I have not watched a ton of Pelicans games recently solely for the fact that like, they seem to get killed all the time. And like, I'm not really yeah. here to watch a blowout. Yeah, they're not um, So there are other games that I would rather watch, but like what, yeah. what I have seen is, is there, he, he needs to have a willingness to, to be able to find teammates. He needs to just like refine some things. Um, he is good. I, I mean, I'd say right now, if you told me I had to redraft right now, yes, I'm taking John Moran. I'd like to have this discussion in two years and we'll figure out where we are. My uh, thing is, is John Morant right out the gate, like that team, that roster was not more talented than the Pelicans roster, and he impacted winning on the like from I the completely, jump. I completely agree with you. Please, like, and when I, they when he came back from injury this year, same shit. They were really yeah. bad. He came back, they started winning again. Yeah, he impacted in the playoff, winning right. in a real way. I want to say something real quick. Say that, so I agree. Uh, Jay, I'd like to say something real quick. I fired up the old NBA trade machine. Um, your idea uh, would it. So financially, it would be a $33.9 million going towards the Pelicans with Otto Porter and Wendell, 38.5 going towards the Bulls. It's minus 15 wins for the Pelicans, plus 15 wins for the Bulls, but it's not possible because Steven Adams signed a extension this year, so he can't be um he can't be traded. Sure he can. Not according to the trade machine. Trade machine says he he's restricted for uh until I think it's at August. Because he there are there are weird things like that that they do with the cap <sighs> I, that I don't understand. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I understand the salary cap. The NBA, yeah. frankly, is less complex complex than the NFL. Like the creative accounting shit that people do in the NFL to get around the oh, cap man. is you know, unbelievable. But oh, sure. um, yeah, yo, mob bosses bow down to the freaking people that work for the NFL with their accounting skills. They're just like, wow, now that's I, an accountant. I want to say one thing. I don't think it will help this team. But a good potential landing place for Lonzo Ball. I, I started thinking about this, uh, Jay, as you were talking, dude. The, uh, a, a defensive player who gives his all on that end, send him to Tibbs, man. Let him play I for Tibbs. I knew. Oh it was, yeah, I knew. that'd be I great. I knew it. Him uh, and Frankie Smokes at the one and the two position. Frankie Nicotine. Oh, 
Frankie oh, Nixon yeah. ain't, ain't playing no minutes this year. No, he's not playing. No, he's literally um, in no time. Um, yeah. I wanted to say one other quick thing because uh, we were just talking about the 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 uh, Pelicans and their their shooting woes and JJ's shooting woes. Dude, the thing is, he's like the only like real shooter they have. Like Josh Hart, me, but like they 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 remind me. They like the 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 shooting ability that they have, not from a like complete top to bottom roster makeup, but like Orlando has gotten considerably better and has had more shooters recently. But like the past like three, four, five years, Orlando has had no legitimate three point threats, and it is fucking hard to win in today's NBA game if you don't just have a bunch of shooters. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I also think just a real. Before we move away from the whole Lonzo Ball train, I would like to say I think this is probably that is probably one thing that goes for if you have a man who is supposed to be getting nothing but assists, you need players who are going to be able to actually hit shots. And I feel like Brandon Ingram's not hitting a shot on a catch and shoot. That's why they got rid of him from the Lakers. I mean, he is I, shooting thirty nine percent from three this year. So let's let's throw oh, some no, respect. No, 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 no. I am not saying he can't shoot, but that man clearly can shoot when he is dribbling. Because he was off ball just in the corner shooting threes for the Lakers with LeBron James. And he was playing like shit. But every time LeBron was on the court, he was playing better. He needs the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, they they basically only have like two net positive shooters. Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram are the only like net positive shooters that they have. Lonzo's the third best shooter on their team right now. Not something you want to hear. Fourth, fourth, fourth. Yeah. uh, So let's go from one bad team to another. Because who doesn't like talking about bad basketball teams? Uh, guys, Nikki needs to know, um, should the Washington Wizards no longer be an organization? And also, um, is Russell Westbrook any good anymore? I'll tell you what. I bet you they wish they had John Wall right now, the stupid fucks, you idiots. Idiots. I, I was going to say the same thing, man. Shout out John Wall. That guy is is uh, he's making me eat a lot of words that I said on this very podcast, and I'm fucking here for it, man. Like, I'm happy for that young man. I think, he, actually, we're the same age, so. <laughs> um <laughs> No, shout out, shout out, John Wall, man. He's he's playing really, really well, um, and I'm I'm pleased with that. I'm gonna say something. I get into the Russell Westbrook argument with my brother once a week because he's a big Russell Westbrook fan, and he's like, "Man, that man is playing on on one leg." But then I saw a tweet, I believe from, I can't remember if it was Zach Harper or Zach Lowe. Russell Westbrook's st- statistics are down in all categories except for turnovers, which have ballooned to an impressive five point two turnovers <laughs> per game. <laughs> Wow. Yo, it's insane, dude. It's, it's insane. He's shooting 30. He's shooting 40% from two. Yeah, I saw a stat he, he the has, other day. He has, him and Lonzo Ball have almost identical numbers. If you look at like shooting percentages, it's it's yeah. absurd. Anybody, anybody who is justifying Russell Westbrook's existence by saying, well, he's still getting triple doubles, you are an idiot. You're an idiot. Triple doubles don't mean shit anymore. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I saw a freaking stat the other day that this season he scored, I believe it was 163 points on 163 shots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's so inefficient. And we knew this to some extent. And I will say this. When he's last year in Houston, he started off the season really bad. And then like they kind of tweaked it and picked it up. So there's that. He's also been injured this year. So there's that too. But he's been injured over the last couple of years. But you you know, and we've talked about Russell Westbrook in this way for a really long time. Like he's 32. He's been playing in the league for a really long time. A guy that's that physical, who doesn't have like a finesse aspect to his game and was never known as a shooter, it was inevitable that at some point 
the shit was going to hit the fan and we've gotten there. He's actually shooting pretty well for his, like right now he's, he's got his second highest uh, three point average ever while also attempting the third most three point shots he's ever shot in his career. Uh, but, but, but despite that, like, I mean, he's, he's just, I mean, he's so bad. He's, I mean, he's, so, he's shooting 66% from the free throw line, like in all categories, he is, it's just, it's a really, it's a very bad ending to a great story. Yeah. It, it feels very Allen Iverson esque man, high usage man who also wasn't always the best, uh, shooter percentage wise. And now it's just. It's going well, away. I, I hope I've always said that Russell Westbrook is the Allen Iverson of the NBA. Like he is not yeah. going to go out quietly. It is not going to be fun to watch his career end. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's already looking uh, really, really it's bad. bad. It's so yeah. bad. It, it, yeah. I mean, I think he's, I, I, he's hurt. I told my brother, I'm like, look, I'll, I'll, like when he's healthy, like we'll have this conversation again, which means inevitably I'll text him next week and be like, bro, Russell Westbrook's terrible. So, <laughs> um, but, um, I just don't, I just don't, I don't see it. I just, frankly, I don't see it getting better, man. Like it's, it's bad. And, uh, Jay, you said it on here. You said two to three years and I was like, Oh, maybe he's got a little longer, but I just, I don't think so, man. He's, he's, it it is sad because he's a guy who plays with a lot of passion and a lot of intensity and whatnot. But it's just like, there comes a point in your career where you can't rely on being the fastest and the most athletic. And at the end of the day, Russ doesn't have the pieces of his game to like to to age gracefully, you know. I mean, he he just he just doesn't. And like, dude, it's okay. The guy's probably like, I mean, by all accounts, he's 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 mo- more than likely a Hall of Famer. Oh, hundred percent, no, no doubt. I mean, you top know? fifty players of all time, like no question. Sure, like yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, but but like at the end of the day, like you know, I mean, good career, but I, I just, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think it's gonna get really bad before the end. Like oh, really, yeah. really bad, and it's gonna. Well, and it's, I think you're right. It's gonna be sad to watch because, like, it, it's gonna be hard to watch. It's gonna be, you know, um, yeah. I. It's it's gonna be the same as like so. Allen Iverson has like a perception issue now, where people like remember the end of his career and they're like, "Was he really that good?" And then they look at his efficiency numbers and like, "Ugh, God!" Like he was really inefficient. But like those of us who watched him play, know like there was he was one of those guys that like you just had to watch him play. Like you couldn't not watch him play. He was. Yeah. He was a, a monumental star in the NBA. Russell Westbrook is very similar in that way. Yeah, I was going to say, just real quick, to bring up uh, Kobe again, as he once said, uh, the entire world is very lucky Allen Iverson wasn't 6'5". Oh, 100%. 100%. And, like, Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook stands to potentially be remembered a lot like Allen Iverson, where in a couple years we're going to be like, was he really that good? Because you look at his numbers and holy shit, like, yeah, the triple doubles. But man, oh, man, he was inefficient. And, like, it's only going to get – it's only going to get worse. Oh yeah, well, because the slander already started the first season, he was averaging a triple double, so like it happens so easily every single time. Um, but I would like to talk maybe just about a good player, but also at the same time in a bad situation. Tad, I'd like to hear. Uh, do you think maybe Bradley Beal should get traded? Yeah, man. I do you said think Bradley Beal should start demanding a trade? I said it like, on, on our last. Harden. I said it on our last episode. Like just do the yeah. right thing, man. Like like trade the man. Um, yeah, he scored forty seven the other night in their like sixteen point loss. And um, they- um, which really quick sidebar on that, that became his eleventh straight loss uh, after scoring forty five plus points in a game. They, or forty, they, sorry, forty plus with eleven straight losses. They asked him post game 
like, are you frustrated? And he just said, is the sky blue? Yeah. Um, Shout out to Nikki for nearly predicting exactly the, the line <laughs> for that game. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I know. Three points, but. Look, I knew I was joking with the the 100 points, but I can't believe I was because I think I put 15, but they actually lost by 18 or something like that. And I was like, oh, man, I was close. Yeah. 47 points. I mean, it's 53 points off. You are correct, but it's it's brutal. I mean, that that roster, that team is not good. Russell Westbrook hurts them more than he helps. Um, we don't need to rehash. We just talked about Russ, but it's I mean. It's tough. Man. I want him to go. I want him to go to a good situation. Um, I don't think Orlando has the assets to get him, but my God, would I love to have a star player like that in Orlando? Like, just give the, give them our roster. We'll just we'll we'll play two on five with with uh, with Beal and and Vucevic. Um, we might add, that team might actually be better than the current iteration of the Wizards. It might um, not be that bad. Yeah, God, I, I just I want I want him to go somewhere and be good. I'd love to see him end up like I mean the most of the places I, I'd like him to go are are not realistic destinations for him. Like I'd love to see him in Dallas. Um, yeah, man, Dallas. I mean, they've they could get creative. Maybe, but actually, I don't know, Jay. If, if there's anywhere you want to talk about, oh, I have a lot more to say on this. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, have there's a lot to but I, yeah, 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 keep yeah. going, Ted, go, keep go, going. Go, go, go go. I want to I have a discussion as opposed to me just, like, talking. Sure, no. I, I mean, I, I agree with Ted. Like, I think we've talked about this for years. Like, Bradley Beal has been the, you know, hey, I'm here for the team. I want to win here in Washington guy for a long time. And, like, um, granted, I'm sure, like, his team has put rumors out there that he wanted to get out. Um, but now, like, more than ever, I was listening to uh, to Bill Simmons' podcast the other day, and he had Joe House on, who's, who's uh, a local in D.C. and has been a fan his entire life. And he made a joke where he's like, if you look at the rest, of the, the rest of that roster, like the game that they play on TNT with Shaq and Chuck, where they're like, who he play for? You could do that with the entire Washington Wizards roster outside of Russ and Bradley Beal, and they probably wouldn't know any of these dudes or who they actually play for. Like that's just the rest of this roster. Like, I mean, they're bad across the board. They have a bunch of names of people you don't know. They paid Davis Bertans a lot of money, and he hasn't played most of the season. And when he has, he's been terrible. Um, it's just a really bad team. And they need to blow the fucking thing up. There's a lot of really interesting trade packages out there. Like, if I'm Golden State, like, I would package James Weissen and the Minnesota pick and send that over to Washington. And, hey, Washington, congratulations. You got the Minnesota pick, which is probably going to be top three for the next five seasons. So you can kind of pick your season whenever you want. And here's James Weissman, the number two overall pick in this year's draft, who looks like a potential all-star in the future. Like, build, build your team around these guys, and good luck getting rid of Russell Westbrook. Like there's a lot of packages out there for for a guy like Bradley Beal. Denver's got some people they can throw at them. Michael Porter, Gary Harris, like shit like that. Gary Harris more like contract, like making the numbers work. But like trade for Michael Porter Jr. Go crazy. Yeah, I mean at this point too, like given what you what you know, um, given given that you know like. Uh, like what we know about about Russ at this point, like you're married to him till the end of of your of your of his contract. Like there's there's oh, just yeah. there's just nothing that you're gonna do there, and like you're not winning with this roster. So like here's the thing, man, just go all in on on being terrible and um, accumulate some assets and do whatever you can. But like, please, like I'm just I just want Bradley Beal out of there. Because like I really want him to to be on a good team and in a good situation for once in his fucking career. And just play meaningful basketball again. Yeah, 
Like, I, I, you know what? Like, I don't know how you can't have the utmost respect for a guy like Brad Beal, who like is currently in a terrible situation and is still going out and giving everything he has. He's not complaining. He's not quitting. Mm-hmm. On- he is. He is sulking though. Yeah, but that. But, this, but, this, but this, at this, this at this point at this point so what this like point. at this point like, I think he averages half the team's points at this I know, point. I know. So I'm just like, saying he is he is sulking, and he was the one that asked for them to go get Russell Westbrook. So let's let's not pretend like the the, the Washington Wizards didn't consult with him before they made that trade. I, yeah, but a lot I, very often I am like eh, NBA players are not executives. That was not the best idea. There's a, there's a difference though between sulking and then like doing some of the shit that like Vince Carter did and like the other guys have done, James um, Harden. Or, you know, James Harden, like he's still going out. He's giving you everything he has every single night. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's scoring at will. He's getting his teammates involved. Like he's, he's giving it on, on both ends night in and night out for a team that is fucking terrible. It is absolutely just not going to do fucking anything. And like, I, I just, I, I respect what he's doing and like, I really love him as a basketball player. I, I just want to see him finally for once in his career, go to somewhere where he actually has a real opportunity to succeed and like has a real opportunity um, to, to win something. And, and like Jay said, play meaningful basketball. Um, yeah. Because at this point, like, it's just sad to watch. Like, I, I honestly don't even know if I could, I could think of a, a player in history who has like just been in the situation that Brad Beal has been in for so long, like without like any opportunity of, of actually like of, of it actually going anywhere. You know, like I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't even know who to like compare that to. Like, I, I don't know if there is a comparison. I don't know if there's a precedent for this. Um, and it sucks, man. It does. It does. So, fucking wizards trade him i don't know fucking buy him out i don't give a shit like do something for the love of god like let the man yeah. go play somewhere else i agree with that sentiment and gentlemen this is the last thing that i need to know um do we ever think that Kristaps porzingis will get back to that all-star form because dallas has looked rough five straight losses uh, many of them by double digits. The only player who looks like they know how to play basketball at the moment is Luka Doncic. I understand Kristaps' whole problem is injuries very often, and that usually does ruin a big man's career. So starting with Jay, is Kristaps going to get back to that Knicks form, and is he going to help Dallas get another championship? It's going to be hard to see that happen. Like He was at a level of athleticism when he was in – in New York that I don't know that he'll be able to like, he's just too fucking big, man. He's seven foot four, like an ACL injury like that. Like, you know, he had another injury during the off season that led to him starting this season kind of late. Like it's it that, that Kristaps is gone. I think there's still a, a productive Kristaps out there. I mean, he's shooting terribly from three this year. He's shooting like 29% from three this year to start the season. So he's been really bad on that front. He was really good in Dallas though last year. So like if he can even get to like a, like even 80% of what he was last season, like, I think he can still be a very productive player in this league. I don't know if he's the guy that they need to be pairing up with Luca though, moving forward. I, I think that they need to sh- probably look to ship him this year um, and, and shift up the, like shift the roster around a little bit um, because like Luca's going to defer to other guys on his team. Um, but thus far he doesn't really have a guy like, you know, honestly losing, losing Seth like was a huge loss for them. Like 
big time. Now, Josh Richardson's been hurt and like hasn't been able to have as meaningful of, of, of an impact as they probably wanted him to when they traded for him. And like on paper, it made sense just to like sure up their defense on the perimeter a little bit. Uh, but yeah, they're really missing Seth Curry this year, like big time. Can and I like, say, you know, I said that, I said that, I said that fucking early on that they, that getting rid of him was a, a bad move. You did. You did. You did call and, it. Uh, yeah. That was a good job. Yeah. Uh, Ted, how are you feeling about Kristoff? So we think he's going to ever become an all-star again or a role player for the rest of his career. I mean, I want to say that he's, he's, he's like, you, you mentioned it. Like he's playing, he's playing through a lot of injuries. Um, he's hurt this year. Like, and he, the, like you can tell that he's still hurt. Like he, you can tell he's not a hundred percent. I don't know if he's ever going to get back to that Knicks form. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, if they're going to do anything, they got to be better. I I pegged the Mavericks to be really good this season, um, just strictly because like Luca obviously is great, and I thought maybe we would see that Kristaps kind of return to form, and obviously we haven't, um, which has been been disappointing. And I'm not saying disappointing from like the the perspective of like Kristaps is like I, I'm disappointed in in him. I'm disappointed just in the way the Mavericks are are playing as a whole. But I mean, part of that is the fact that that he's been hurt and like has has seen like a, a pretty substantial decline in his game. Um it's also I'm gonna, you know, it's tough this season where we have a condensed season. Um they're playing a lot of games and not as much time. And that that's not helpful for a, a, a frequently injured big man. It's just not. Um I think Kristaps will I think we will see an uptick in his performance and I think we'll start seeing him get closer to where he was um, you know, earlier in his career. I don't know that he's ever gonna get back there. I'm not I'm not prepared to sit here and say it's absolutely not happening because I think that would be disingenuous. And I think that like, there's a lot of time left for that to, to straighten itself out. Um, but I do think if he can start to get closer to that, that the Mavs are a real contender. Um, I do think the Mavs are still like a couple pieces away from like legitimately like being a, like a potential finals pick. Um, but like, I mean, Kristaps improving off of what we're seeing right now will help bridge that gap. Um, so. Hey, um, I think that's good. I hope I legitimately hope that Kristaps does actually get back. I, and I understand him maybe not doing that on the, the Mavericks. There's a chance that he will, you know, get traded, but if that tr- is true, the whole 20, we said 27 or 29% from three to start the season. I think it's 29. Last 29%. Yeah. That's, that's not promising because no one's going to have to guard him. If that's what he starts shooting. Uh, you know, I hope the best for Christos. I really want to see he's, he's so much fun to watch when he's healthy. So hopefully when he's a hundred percent healthy, he'll be back. But uh, let's move over guys to something that's quite positive and also quite wild. The Utah jazz have won 11 straight. They currently have the best record in the NBA, and everything is currently clicking in Salt Lake City, boys. So, what are we? What's going on here? What's changed with the Jazz? It's not like it's a different team. It's pretty much the exact same lineup. And also, do they actually have a chance? Maybe get in the finals this year, I mean, or I, at all? I said it. I said it early on in our, our preseason prediction that the Jazz have a legitimate shot. What at, a call at uh, this! Yeah, I mean they started slow, but they look good. Mike Conley looking great. Uh, Rudy Gobert earning that contract. Fuck you, Shaq. Um, 
I actually want to just sidebar that real quick. I know we kind of went in on Shaq on the last episode. And then I, I read this like long post on, on Reddit or a long like comment on Reddit about how like since Shaq's sister died, he hasn't really been the same. And like, you know what? Like, that's actually a really good point. Like, he's gotten a little more salty, a little more curmudgeonly since that happened. And like, I'm not going to begrudge the guy because of that. Like, that's tough. And maybe he's just yeah. pissed off and angry at, at everything. And like, that's you know, kind of what's causing like a little bit more of the, the saltiness. Like we don't know, you know, obviously what somebody's going through on a, on a personal yeah. level. So, you know, um, give Shaq the BOTD there, but um, like the jazz are for real, man. That's a good team. That's a good team. It's a good roster. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is that guy is going to be a hall of famer. I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm willing to call that now. He is a premier talent in this league, and he's so fucking young. Um, I love his game. I love watching him play. Um, I like watching the Jazz play in general. They're, they're like, they're just, they're a fun team to watch. They get out and run. They play good defense. Um, they, they just, they play really, really good, solid basketball. Um, and. Uh, <sighs> A big fan, big Quinn Snyder guy these days. Just, just really love the guy. Um, and I, I oh, think, that I think he's, out look. <laughs> the he looks like a like an eighties uh, corporate raider, you know. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, but it, like th- their offensive sets are good. Like their defensive schemes look great. Um, they do a good job of getting a lot of players involved night in and night out. And I think Quinn Snyder has done a really good job of getting the most out of that roster. Um, they're a fun team. They're really fun to watch. Like if if you if you have league pass, this is a team that should be um, at the at the top of your your list. They were down by like fifteen against the Knicks in the third quarter, and uh, I I clicked into FanDuel to see like what the like live bet odds were, and there was a, a live bet odd for them to win. Uh, they were minus four and a half, um, and I took that, and they ended up they ended up winning by like uh, fifteen or sixteen. Um, they're they're a team that like you know they they don't you can tell even when they're down that they don't get down that they continue to play their game um and that that's help like they they you know they'll they'll generally close the gap on on games where they're you know where they might be down or or they might be struggling early on um in that game they could not buy a fucking basket in the first half like it, it was ugly to watch uh and they, they but they continued to do the same things uh, in the second half, they continue to stick to their own identity and they, they ended up, you know, obviously killing them. And now look, the Knicks aren't world beaters. You know, nobody's going to sit out here and say that, but when you're down by double digits to another NBA team, like that's a tough thing to come out of. Like all these guys are good. Every player in the NBA is good. Um, so even when you're playing a, a bad team, like, you know, night in and night out, like, you know, nothing is, is ever guaranteed. Um, and I think they have a legitimate shot at challenging the two teams in LA, um, for you know supremacy in in the in the west um yeah i mean it 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 continues to astound me how year in and year out the west just always gets better and the east is always just like "Mm, yeah um so yeah i mean shout out to the jazz they're a fun team they're a good team i want them to win a fucking championship i'd love that yeah i mean so one thing i want nikki kind of hit on one thing which i think is pertinent to their success this year um so they had one major free agency addition in the offseason. Anybody remember who that is? Derek Favors? Does anybody remember where Derek Favors played prior to being in New Orleans last year? Remember Utah? He played with most of these guys for like six years. Right? So like the only major free agent addition that they brought in was a guy who had played with them already for six years. So in terms of like fitting into the culture and like understanding how to play with guys, 
um, nothing's really shook, shaken up. Like now Mike Conley to, to, to Taz point, like he's got a second year with this team. He was injured last year. And like, you know, he goes from playing in a, in a, in a grit and grind style with Marcus Ole and, and Zebo, where you've got two guys who are like really not mobile at all. They're not your rim running center and power forward to playing with a guy like Rudy Gobert that like once they figured out that pick and roll where like he knows Rudy's going to run it like roll to the basket and like he can play with him. He's getting, he's, he's starting to build a nice, uh, he's got a nice like relationship with Rudy Gobert. He's finding his own shots. He's finding shots for other guys. Honestly, the guy who's played the worst year for that team is Boyan and Boyan's still shooting like 30 some odd percent from three. Like as a team, they're shooting 40% from three. They're number nine in points scored but they're number three in points allowed or number two, I think like they are they're to Taz's point. They're doing it on both ends. They're really fun. They've got a lot of cohesion. Joe Ingles is having a career year. He just broke the all time record for three pointers uh, in Utah jazz history. He surpassed John Stockton the other night. Like he's shooting 45% for three right now. And like I mentioned, they're shooting 40% as a team, but the guys who are actually getting minutes for them, each of them is above 37% right now. Like, uh, they they are shooting the lights out of the ball, and like, that will that will plateau over time. But what's what's really fun is like they're getting contributions from a lot of guys. Mike Conley is like has is is giving us a taste of what we thought he could have been last year for that team. And I think we all got really excited when they added Mike Conley last year, and it didn't come to fruition for a lot of the reasons that I already mentioned. But those 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 little bits of excitement that we had last year as to what Mike Conley could bring to that team, it's now become reality, and they are exponentially more scary than they have been last year. Yeah, for sure. And the Jordan Clarkson has been great on that team. You guys already six man of the year right there. Oh my God. I've, I've loved watching him play with the jazz. The second he joined that team, I think they were just like, look, you're going to come off the bench. You're going to score a bunch. You'll be fine with that doing that. Right. Yes. Yes, he is. Cause he's very good at shooting. I'd be, I'd be lying if I said, I thought that that's just a shit contract, but I would, I'm eating my words now. Yeah. Uh, I, I was very excited to see him, uh, move over to the jazz and I'm happy to see that he's doing very well. Um, speaking of doing oh, and Donovan Mitchell's well. having a career year, by the way, thanks. Thank, thank you to Shaq for, for lighting the fire. Cause he's been incredible since then. Yeah. I mean, well, he's, he's been playing, I think he's been playing good the entire season, but oh, yeah. this like, yeah, Donovan Mitchell is going to be a special player. I hope he wins a couple throughout his career. Um, guys, I want to move over to other special players, specifically one over in Boston. Um, Jalen Brown having a real good season, 27 points, five rebounds, 3.5 assists. He and, uh, the Boston Celtics and them are there are currently the third, no fourth. I'm sorry. In the East, um, fifth, they dropped on the fifth. Now that's on me. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for letting me know. Um, let's see. Well, sorry. I was trying to get this percentage real quick. He is shooting. 59% oh effective field goals 59% his actual 53% field goal currently uh I want to know guys do you guys think should we be talking Jalen Brown having any sort of chance of winning an MVP this season with the work he has put out in Boston uh, I mean the the biggest hindrance to him right now to be in that conversation is he's getting mm, kind of almost outplayed by his teammate uh Jason Tatum <laughs> Uh, I don't agree with that at all. It are you? Are you serious? Yeah, statistically they're almost serious. the same, actually. Or like literally, they're essentially, they're, they're net equals. Like at, at at worst. Sorry, I shouldn't have said outplayed. Like there are two of them doing the same thing, um, sure. and I think that Jason Tatum, frankly, gets 
a little more love than uh, than Jalen Brown does. Um, I, I, I think like it's a weird thing where perception and media narrative and that kind of thing goes into the MVP winner. Um, Jalen Brown looks really good though. Uh, it, it, it's, it's really funny to me how the Celtics got rid of, uh, of, of Gordon Hayward, who by all accounts is having an incredible season um, in, uh, in, in Charlotte and is playing really, really well. And like that also somehow elevated the game of Tatum and Jalen Brown as well. Um, because you kind of remove that, like that log jam, you know, that they had where they almost, they had, they had so many good players that it like actually was like it to some degree, like a, a negative. Um, I, I think if, if one of those guys is going to win an MVP award, they need to climb the standings and look, it's early. It's still early. There's a shitload of basketball to be played. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it's, 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 it's wrong. If you don't have this guy in the conversation, um, he's having by all accounts an, an incredible year in like, God damn, like, is it frustrating as a fan to watch? Like, you know, I, my favorite team is, is not great. And like, doesn't have like, uh, you know, Vucevic is a, is a phenomenal player, but we don't have a player to the level of a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum. And then to see a team have two of those fucking guys, uh, it's, it's, it's a little frustrating to watch. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm going to say Fuck that you, when, when he got, when he got drafted, uh, out of Cal, uh, he was one of my like, like I can go back and find the tweets, and I was like, I think this is a phenomenal pick. I think this guy might be the most undervalued player in the draft, and he went number three. He went number three, and I still thought that he was like an an undervalued player. And it's been really nice to see him kind of take the next step because he's been good. He's been very good, um, but now he's kind of taking the step into like a, an elite level player, um, and his efficiency numbers are incredible. And the, the one thing that like everybody always talks about this with, with Tatum uh, Tatum can beat you from anywhere. Like he can take you off the bounce. He can shoot from the outside. He can go inside and, and, and beat you underneath. And Jalen Brown does the same thing. Uh, like it, when you, when, when he has the ball in his hands, he is a, a, just an absolutely deadly player, but he's also phenomenal at playing off the ball. He's a smart player. He knows how to fill gaps. He knows how to run lanes. He knows how to work off the ball. Dude, the Celtics have an embarrassment of riches right now, and um, I don't care. I don't care where that team ends up in. In the the the, the top of the East is going to be fun to watch in the playoffs. Um, I, I I I think it's 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 hard to even say like who who's coming out of out of the East um, at the end of the year. You know, I think like we'll have to like you know see what what goes on with injuries and and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day. Um, Celtics are a fun team to watch. That's a team I, I I I said at the beginning of the year. I'm like I try to watch the teams that aren't going to be on national television a lot, but like Celtics are a go to league pass team. Of Celtics mine. are a lot of fun. I want to say this something real quick. I just wanted to look it up and I found this. So I already said 27 points per game for uh, Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum's averaging 26.8, seven and three. Um, Jalen there. Jason Tatum shooting 48 percent from the field, 44 percent from three, 43.5 to be exact. Jalen Brown, as I already said, 53% from the field. Uh, he is also shooting 44% from three. 44 points. Must be fucking nice. Yeah. 
right? I just shared I just shared a link with you guys. Disregard the first one because I said the wrong link. Um, I want you to look at this player comparison of the fifth season of Jalen Brown's career versus the fifth season of Kawhi Leonard's career. And listen, there Both have been age twenty four season, age twenty four season, fifth season in the NBA. Uh, there have been a lot of comparisons of guys coming out of the draft over over the last couple of years to Kawhi and Paul George. It's like this like guy who comes in as like a defensive stopper who then kind of figures it out on the offensive end and becomes like a true three and D wing player. Right. And Jalen Brown has been one of those guys who has been thrown into that conversation over the last couple of years. A lot of people that get it, get thrown into that conversation don't deserve it and haven't earned it and continue to be thrown into it. Jalen Brown, on the other hand, when you compare these stats side by side, it is eerily similar. The fifth season that we're seeing from Jalen Brown compared to the fifth season that we saw from exactly the same three point percentage. I mean, that, that now, if you look at the advanced stats, Kawhi destroys him in a lot of the win share stuff. I mean, he was the best player on that Spurs team, like not even close and was like, was like an MVP candidate. But I just want that to be out there in terms of understanding the jump that Jalen Brown has made this year. It would be not to Taz's point. It's going to be really hard for him to win MVP for a variety of reasons. One, if they're not a top three team in the East, you can't even have him as a part of the conversation Two, LeBron's playing out of his fucking mind. So as far as I'm concerned, he's winning MVP this year. Um, but It'd be irresponsible to not have him be a part of that conversation because Jokovic, like uh, Jokovic, Nikola Jokic has been in the conversation since day one and like 100% like is playing out of his mind. But that team is underperforming like crazy. Like this Celtics team up until recently was a top three team in the Eastern Conference. And a lot of that has to do with what Jalen Brown's been doing this year on both ends. Like he's very, very similar to Kawhi Leonard. And like that conversation is becoming very real this year. He's making the jump. It's, it's, it's awesome to see. And like if there was an all-star game, he should be starting. Oh, for sure. He's been a blast to see. And and they would probably also make Jason Tatum a starter as well. I want to be clear, uh, NBA Adam Silver, if you're listening, which because they are. we're saying that if there was an All Star game, he should be one. We're not advocating for. Uh, would much rather there was an All Star game. Yes, um, you both kept on talking about how a big thing for this MVP is how they have to be a one of the top teams in the East. I would like to now transition for our last subject of the night, talking about the current top team of the east the philadelphia 76ers boys they still keep winning we were like it's not gonna happen but they just beat the lakers we were like they're not gonna do that good they're first in the east they got the third best record in all of the nba do we think the sixers are legit contenders or do we still think this is a pretender territory and they're going to figure out a way to slide into that fifth seed and get bounced in the second round Jay, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna let you take this one first since I, I have uh, just like jumped the gun on on the last couple. No, you're fine. No, I mean, I, listen, I came out a couple weeks ago and said I didn't believe it. I mean, I said this was a couple weeks ago where I just said like I'm just not buying into it. Like their schedule's been pretty light, and like I just wasn't buying into it. That Lakers game really changed my opinion, and here's why: I think that Joel Embiid's at playing like very like legitimate MVP caliber basketball this year. Like has been since the jump, and has really put that team on his back. Since getting Seth Curry back, there's been a major impact to their three-point shooting. They're currently eighth in the league in points per game and 10th in points allowed per game. So they're right there in the thick of things in terms of top 10 teams in both categories. We knew they were going to be a good defensive team with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Um, Tobias Harris hit that game winner in that game. And granted, I'm, I'm putting a lot of weight on that game. But here's why I think this is a very legitimate title contender and i think they're maybe one piece away from like really making it that's why i really think that jj thing is like if they can get him as like an additional shooter off the bench like 
and he played for both Doc Rivers and the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, there's a lot of cohesion there. Also, he'd be a sneaky nice pickup for the Celtics, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, any anywho, they match up really well with the Lakers, who we have to assume is going to come out of the Western Conference this year. They're just that good. Like Joel Embiid versus Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons versus LeBron James. Listen, LeBron put up points the other night, but they weren't easy. Like, if you watch the game, a lot of those shots were not easy shots. And Ben Simmons made it difficult for LeBron. If you can tire him out over a seven game series, you've got a really fun team there in Philadelphia. I just, I see it. I I'm projecting into the playoffs and the potential matchups that are out there. And in the Eastern conference, besides Brooklyn, I'm not really excited about any of these other teams. Like Milwaukee's been kind of mad. Like I got blown out the other night. I mean, they ended up closing the gap, but like they were looking really shitty against New Orleans the other night. Like it's just, and they lost. Like I, 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 I'm starting to believe in the Sixers team, man. They do it on both ends. And Joel Embiid is a fu- he's a force, man. He's a real force. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I also want to just talk real fast, like because you, you, you brought up, you brought up Embiid and 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 uh, Tobias Harris and, and Seth or and uh, and Ben Simmons into like a, a lesser extent, Seth, Seth Curry there. But dude, you know what? You got to give a quick shout out to some of these guys that they have brought in um, to like to like to this roster. Um, and so I, I want to just say real quick, shake Milton playing unbelievably well, big fan, big fan of his game, like the way he's playing. He contributes perfectly for what they need on that roster. Seth Curry, obviously you kind of alluded to it, but that was such a fucking huge pickup for them. Um, like, Seth Curry might be as underrated as of, a, of an NBA player as you get. That guy can do a lot, and he like he doesn't need uh, the ball in his hands frequently to do things. But he is a playmaker. He's a guy that you can depend on to get you that shot. You can put the ball in his hands and depend on him in in crucial moments. Um, fucking Curry, statistically just- a better. As I say, he's statistically a better three point shooter than his brother. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna stop you there. Um, Volume he's, he's playing well, and then like a couple other guys that are, are just like really like a, a few other guys that have been really unsung by that team, but have been solid contributors this season. Dwight Howard giving you a lot for what he's got left in the tank. He's playing like 20 minutes a night. He's grabbing. He's scoring six points. He's grabbing five boards a game, and like. It's nice that you can you can rotate a guy like that in uh, and spell Embiid when he's off the court. You know the other thing is like when they're on the court together, it's not ideal. Like if you look at, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but like their 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 stats do go down. But they are t- uh, they are two guys that can be on the same at the, the court at the same time because Embiid has that ability to stretch the floor, and you can leave Dwight Howard in there as your guy. You know, just kind of patrolling the paint. Um, you know, manning the uh, the low post, and then additionally, like. Shout out to Tyrese Maxey, who has been a a fantastic player for them um, as their as their sort of like almost third point guard. Uh, you know, because Seth Curry can kind of takes over some of those those duties at times. Um, but he's having a, a, a incredible season, and Danny Green looks like he's returning to form. Like Danny Green is, is, is has been a a huge pickup for them. Um, and he's making, you know, he's making shots the way that we've kind of historically assumed Danny Green uh, would make shots. It's a fun roster. It's a fun team. I texted you guys earlier in this year and said the Philadelphia 76ers are something. And they sure are something. And th- th- this is a legitimate title contender. You know, the, the, the big concern for these guys is health. That's what it is. Like, that's what it, that's what it comes down to. Um, but this is a team that we were sitting here earlier in the season talking about, should they blow it up? And Jesus Christ, how stupid do we look now? Um, because the team is, is really fucking good and they're, uh, they're fun to watch. Um, and I don't, 
I, I mean, Jay, you you mentioned that they they match up well with uh they match up well with the with the Lakers. They match up well with the Clippers. They match up well with the Jazz. Like this is a team that I think at this point um probably has the most realistic shot of beating a team in the West. Now the problem there is like there are some matchup problems that they have with some of the better teams in the East. So they got to get out of the East first, but this is a team that's legitimately meant to beat the best team in the West. Like that's what this team is, is for. Um, and so if they can continue to play at this level and they can continue to take that into the playoffs, which we all know the playoffs are a different animal. Your bench gets a little tighter. Um, you know, the game slows down a little bit. Doc Rivers is famous for blowing leads. I was just about to get into the. I, I literally just, I literally just <laughs> sighed and was about to say Doc Rivers maybe not the most uh, playoff success um, outside of his tenure with the Celtics. Either way, though, man, this is a team that's good. They're fun to watch. Um, shout out to Ben Simmons for saying fuck you to the haters and coming back and, and having a, a really really impressive season. I also want to talk about a, a, like Ben Simmons is one of those guys who like has such an impact on a game uh, without taking a ton of shots and without scoring a ton. The, the guy's averaging 13, eight and eight, and he's, he's averaging uh, almost two steals a game. Like t- pretty fucking good player, man. Um, and I, I know that like I've had my issues with him and I've, I've brought it up in the past and I've said it, you know, on this very podcast, but they're good. He looks good. He looks healthy. And Bede looks good and healthy. I did. I did. I got real nervous when LeBron shoved him to the ground uh, in that it's game the other night. And he he landed on his back. Like I got. I was like, oh no. I was yeah. like, it's it's over. Um, but uh, you know, he played through that and and had an incredible season. I want to say this: Joel Embiid has a player efficiency rating, which I know like a lot of people are like is a little outdated. I still go back to it because it, it's a it's a stat that I like. Um, his his efficiency rating is, is uh, 31.34 this season. That is unbelievable. Um, I think it's also important to, to mention that like his three point percentage has gone up and his attempts have gone down, which some people will be like, well, yeah, that would explain his, his three point percentage going up. But the thing to keep in mind is like the biggest knock on him the last couple of years is like the blatantly terrible three point attempts that he's taken. He's cut down on those bad attempts and he's now become more efficient on the few attempts that he is taking. I agree with you. And also part of that, I think is the fact that he doesn't have to fucking take so many anymore. Like they have legitimate shooting threats with, with Curry and Milton and Danny green. Um, I would also, I'd also like to say shout out to Tobias Harris. He's played very well this season. Yeah. He's, I don't know if he's like not living up. He might be living up to that contract, but also that contract's equivalent Mm -hmm. to ADs. So it's kind of like Seth Curry, Seth Curry is, is, is attempting uh, five, three pointers a game and he's making them at a 52% clip. So that's probably going to come back to earth. And like, you know, that will probably change the trajectory of the team a little bit, but at the end of the day, like they have, uh, they have multiple players shooting over 40% from three or like pretty close to 40% from three held Dwight Howard shooting 43% from three, go to Philly. You can learn to shoot the three pointer. I mean, he's only taking (laughs) half a three a game. But hey, who cares? He's making half of those half three. And half going in, yeah. Uh, making a quarter. That's all that matters. Tobias Harris is also shooting like 48% from three or something along those lines. I didn't write that those those down for this one, but um he, he's he's like killing it. Um Ben Simmons, you know, a paltry 17% from three. <laughs> That's an improvement for Ben Simmons. So, <laughs> you know, let's give some credit where it's due. End of the day, I've talked a ton about this at this point, but like they they look good. I'm a fan. Um 
God, what a good year. The, it's just the NBA is, I'm just, yeah, I love it. It's been I, a very good season. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to watch some today slash tonight. It's going to be a good time. I'm very excited to watch some, which actually will lead to our last thing. What are you guys excited for? I'm excited for basketball. I'm going to watch some basketball. I'm maybe clean a little bit because as I was telling Jay early, my apartment's a little dirty and I got to clean it up a little bit. I, um, I'm a hair, I have a lot of hair, so it goes everywhere and I have to clean it. Yeah, this um, yeah, this, all of this, this mop up here goes everywhere. Um, I'm very, yeah, very excited for some basketball. What are you guys excited for? Yeah. I mean, I talked about this last week. I was, I was going to clean my apartment, but then yeah, it, there was, there was, there was football. So, t- but today though, today I've been watching clean my space, the YouTube channel, shout out to clean my space. I learned how to make all these home remedies to clean your, 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 your bathroom tiles and stuff. Uh, I bought a lot of vinegar and, and hydrogen peroxide and some baking soda going in today. Got a Roomba. For those of you out there listening, kids, this is what life is like at 32 uh, or 40, however old you are. I'm not sure. Uh, (laughs) Better not to know. You know what I'm excited for? The NBA trade deadline. There's a lot of teams in play for some good players. There's a lot of players who should be traded. Uh, Yeah, man, that's what I'm excited for. I agree. I think like there's some, there's some, there's a lot of like, as a Bulls fan, I am anticipating some movement at the halfway point here, and that I'm very much looking forward to. It would be pretty interesting to see that. Um, uh, let's see. What's the next one? Oh, I'm sorry. What is something that you don't really care about that people are talking about? Yep, I'll go back Maybe. to the All-Star game. I don't give a shit. Shut up. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. I think it's stupid. I think the idea of like a remote three-point contest is fucking dumb. I think a remote fucking dunk contest is also dumb i think doing an all-star game in any capacity is dumb um yeah just don't don't do it it's just yeah, so dumb. i agree I give a shit do it all in 2k tad anything that you just don't care about right now people can talk about it's tough um what is something i don't give a shit about I don't know that I really have anything. I've been a little, I've been a little disconnected from a lot of stuff recently. So I, I don't know. Um, you know what? I don't give a shit about this. Hasn't been popping up as much recently, but it's something that's still a topic of discussion. I do not give a shit who the next host of Jeopardy is. I love Jeopardy and I love Alex Trebek and <laughs> Alex Trebek is a king and RIP man. Like I love that guy. And uh, whoever they 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 replace him with, like, will will never uh, do it as well. Um, but at the end of the day, I just I just don't care. I don't give a shit. Get a new host. Let me watch the show again. It's not ever going to be the same without Alex Trebek. So just shut the fuck up and hire somebody. I don't have anything that I don't care about, but I would like to make an announcement. I will be uh, the new host of Jeopardy. It will be (laughs) next week or so. Um, So I got that'll be a fun thing. I'm looking forward to actually. Uh, (laughs) All right, um, let's end this, boys, by uh, doing some plugs. Follow me on Twitter at Tad Hall underscore, or you can follow me, and you can follow me. Should say not or. And slash or you can follow me on Instagram at tad.hall. That's T-A-D dot H-A-L-L. I have uh, been in the, the comments of a lot of uh, NBA uh, Instagrams recently, um, throwing in out hot takes and, and my two cents and getting some traction there. Should probably start doing that from the official NBA account, but I digress. <laughs> it happens. 
You can follow me at J underscore Keyless on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Nice. And that uh, Instagram and Twitter account that Tad was talking about is at NBA Pod, which you can follow. You can also follow me at Instagram and Twitter at Nikki Palooza. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, your night, whatever it is that you're up to. Also, so real quick, yes. just before you close that out, one thing. Um, you may have noticed that last week we posted this on Monday, and uh, oh, yes, today you're going to be listening to this on Monday. So just a quick programming note, we have decided to switch to Monday so we can cover the entire week of stuff. Um, and to help you, you know what? Hear those Monday blues a little bit. You got a little something to listen to. The sultry sounds of Nikki Keeles coming to you via the airwaves over your AirPods, your old corded uh, headphones, your Beats, your Bose, your AirPod Max, whatever it is that you're listening to this on. We got you covered, baby. We got you covered. Your Apple Podcast, your Spotify Podcast, your actually think I think that's it. But still, uh, thank you everyone for listening. For Jay, for Tad, I've been Nikki. This has been the NBA. Goodbye. Bye.